if you're listening to this and you think I'm full of it, I would love to have you on the podcast. As Mark. you can tell, Curtis is very passionate about this topic. You could Hi, just a quick note from your host, W. Curtis Preston. I am on vacation this week, and so this is a broadcast that we recorded earlier, actually back in November of 2019. It's about the right to be forgotten and GDPR and CCPA, still very relevant, but there'll be a few references in there that uh, will seem odd given the current situation. So this is pre-coronavirus, and also back at a time when I thought I was going to finish installing my solar system all by myself. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I am your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. And with me, as always, is Prasanna Maliande. How's it going up there, Prasanna? Pretty good, Curtis. How you doing? No no fires or anything? No fires, no fires. Just cold, relatively it, speaking. It, it, is, it, is, it is cold. For California, it seems cold. <laughs> So for those of you listening in other parts of the country or the world, today in California, it's 53 degrees, at least in the North Bay, it's 53 degrees and raining. Which is freezing. <laughs> which is... Which is break uh, out the down jackets. Break out the down jackets. So mine uh, today, weather here is 64, uh, which, is, which isn't bad, but, you know, it was, it was 52 this morning. Um... But yeah, this so morning I us, took the doggy out to the, go to the bathroom, uh -huh. and it was thirty nine degrees. Really? Yeah, it's definitely colder up there. There was than, ice on the here. grass, and he wasn't quite sure what to do with it. Really? That's not good. Yeah. So it's it's funny because you know, as you know, longtime listeners will know, I've been working on my own solar system on my roof, and uh, it wasn't that long ago that I was hot as hell up there. And then it seemed to me like it went from hot as hell to, to you know, cold, uh, just seemingly overnight. I think it's only been the last, I think the last like two weeks has gotten much, much worse. Yeah. And I'm trying desperately to finish before. Um, 2022. 2020. 20, what? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to finish by the end of the, I did, I did figure out by the way that I have a missing part or technically. Oh two. no. No, but it's good. Uh, I figured it out now, which is, uh you know, better. So the, I would, I kept trying to figure out how do I connect? Cause I have three separate arrays because of the unique layout of my roof. And I kept trying to figure out how do I physically connect, you know, array A to array B. And because at the, at the beginning of each array, each of the solar pieces and the, and the, the solar array, not sorry, each of the solar panels and the, what are called power conditioners, they all have these connectors that just sort of plug and play and you just create this giant uh, series, right? Uh, but I was trying to figure mm -hmm. out, okay, so how do I connect, you know, the the last solar or the first solar panel in, you know, array B to the last panel in array A? And uh, it turns out I was missing two connector cables. So they are being FedEx to me right now. Oh, good. So better I figure that out now than later, right? Um, mm -hmm, for sure. And um, so, yeah, so there you go. 
Anything else going on with you? No, nothing much really. Just getting ready for reinvent. Oh yes. It's gonna be uh it's my first reinvent, so I'm super it excited. Is, it is an epic show. It's a unique show because you know they, they do it different than any other show that I've gone to, and that is that they do it in several hotels rather than one giant trade show venue. Right? It's too big for any of the one hotels. It's big enough, I think, it's big enough for the Las Vegas Convention Center, but I don't think they like the bill that comes with that. So they so they mm. it, it's very cloudy the way they do it, right? It's it's very like burst capacity sort of <laughs> we're just we're just gonna do a little bit over <laughs> here, a little bit over there, a little bit over there. Uh, but what that means is you need shuttles between all of those venues and you have to plan your day accordingly. In fact, I was just reading a sort of a no before uh-huh. you come thing and they were saying if you have to go between hotels for a session or whatever else, make you might want to consider Uber or Lyft or one of those if it is less than 75 minutes. Really? To go between yep, well, between but, your venues. But that's that's really interesting because crappy thing about that is that Uber, for example, isn't able to stop in some of the usual places because the Amazon blocks them off for the use of their shuttles. So for example, the Sands mm. Convention Center, the main egg, the main entrance to the Sands Convention Center, which is separate to the casino that it's connected to, you can't you can't use that entrance and call an Uber to that location. You have to go to the Palazzo or the Venetian lobby, which is which is a bit of a hike. Yeah, so like I said, it's a unique show, but it is huge. And there's all these like cloudy people running around. Yeah, I heard something like 60,000 people are supposed to attend. Which, of course, is nothing compared to the show that we have here in San Diego. You know what show I'm talking about, right? Comic-Con. <laughs> Comic-Con? It, it's basically double that in terms of attendance. Do you just like, does a city just shut down? Pretty much. Downtown, anyway. I, I don't go anywhere near it, right? I, <laughs> but But downtown is... I mean, the businesses, they get, they're given financial incentives to have people not park in their usual parking garages and, you know, people, people rent out their homes because there's just not, there's not even 120,000 hotel rooms in San Diego. They bring in cruise ships. What? They bring in cruise ships because we're a port. So they bring in cruise ships Mm. to, to bring in extra hotel rooms. Let's just say it's. Have you been to Comic-Con? I have been to Comic-Con. A friend of mine actually uh, manages uh, some of the vendor relationships. Oh, nice. So uh, she has allowed me to get, you know, a full pass if I just ask really nicely. So, yeah, I've been been to Comic-Con a couple of times. And you can get a lot of the Comic-Con experience by just hanging out outside and just seeing. Without having to go in. Seeing all the people. It's amazing. The the level cosplay the oh my lord the cosplay is so crazy just over the top stuff you know that you see it's it's just crazy yeah so we won't have there won't be any cosplay at reinvent <laughs> there might be if you guys show up and find us there might be something <laughs> we'll see uh so i wanted to talk a little bit about so there's a phrase that you hear when we talk about things like GDPR and CCPA, right? So that's the General Data Protection Regulations in Europe and the California Consumer Privacy Act. I think I got, I, I think I- Say that four times fast. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm not doing that. 
but they one common concept between them is this concept with, that we generically refer to as the right to be forgotten, which is I should be able to tell a company that to delete data that they have on me if they don't have a valid business reason to store that data, right? So if you've got if you've got customer records like order records, you know, or actual business, you know, any transactions, you've got a reason to keep that record of that data. You have a business reason to do that. But if all I am to you is the a lot of these rules or these regulations were pointed at the likes of Google and Facebook. The only reason Facebook has my name and all of the information they have on me is so they can sell advertising to me. Well, sell advertising to the advertisers that then try to sell me things via said advertisement. Your value to them is $7.23. Is it a year? Is that what it is? A day. Oh, it's $7.23 a day? No, you in particular. Oh, really? Me in particular? (laughs) <laughs> so you're just you just pulled that number out of the air because there is a number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I did okay. pull that out of the air. I don't yeah. actually know what the real but number is. But there is a number but... that, based on the cost of, like, if you run the numbers of based on the cost of an ad and based on the number of ads, like, I remember some guy that, that calculated that number out. But yeah, just remember if you're not if you're not paying to use the service, you're not the customer, you're the product, right? So the, <laughs> basically, the, all of these have this idea that you should be able to go in and then say, hey, I don't want to hear from you anymore. And I don't want you selling other, I don't want you selling my data to other people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? The question that I want to talk about is how that applies to backup and backup-like things, or if it does. I, I think that, go ahead. And, oh, okay. Sorry, before you go there, I just wanted to say, even before we had GDPR and the rest, there was the ability to tell marketing agencies to stop sending you things. Not many people knew about it, but there is a direct marketing associations website where you can go and tell them, stop sending me things, and they will stop sending you like mailers and other things. I believe it's for like three years or five years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this is just basically the, you know, the digital equivalent to that, right? So the question is, there are all these technologies, and this includes snapshots, like NetApp snapshots. This includes cloud instances. This includes databases, you know, backups of your databases. This includes, um, but, and this isn't about tape versus non-tape. It's about it's all of the different copies that you have of data over time. So the question is, if someone asks to be deleted from your marketing database, for example, does that request follow through to the backups of the marketing database? And I think non-backup practitioners are very quick to say, well, of course it does. I said to be deleted, not deleted only from primary and not from your backup. But there are some real challenges, and by challenges, I mean insurmountable challenges to deleting certain types of information from backups. And that's what I wanted to talk about. Sure. No, I think that's a good topic. But I think that it mm-hmm. does bring up a good question, um, specifically because what do you do when I have my marketing database, which I've now gone and deleted from production, a like Curtis's info, 
But I still have snapshots that I keep around for 30, 60, 90 days or even worse or even extending that further, I guess, if I have tape copies or long term retention copies stored in the cloud that I'm keeping for seven years, 10 years, 20 years. Yeah. What does that really mean? And how and as a consumer, wouldn't I be wouldn't I think, oh, I told you to delete it. It's all gone. But in fact, so it's still. Let's sort of talk it. through this. So the, the first reason that this is a problem is that it, it's one thing to say, "All right, we have, you know, we've been emailing Persona, and we have all of his information. We have a, let's say, we have a a spreadsheet. We have an Excel spreadsheet of all of the times that we emailed Persona and everything that he did when we emailed him. Right? It would be it is possible and we support this, you know, Druva supports this. It is possible to go in and surgically remove that file from a backup that is within the technical realm of possibility. And some backup vendors are starting to support that. It it's, it is not impossible, but it is very difficult to do that from a tape image because you have to kind of load the whole tape, extract the thing and put it back, you know, but, but if we're talking modern disk based backups, it should be relatively easy to surgically alter that backup and get rid of a file. That is not, and if your vendor, your backup vendor isn't even talking about doing that yet, maybe it's time to talk to them. But I don't think that's where most of this data is going to be found. I think it's going to be found inside inside Salesforce. It's going to be found inside your whatever CRM that you're using that isn't Salesforce, which happens to be running in a database, maybe Oracle or something like that. Uh, It's going to be found, it's going to be a row in a spreadsheet not an entry in, in a database or not a single spreadsheet. It's not a single spreadsheet attached to persona. It's, uh, you know, one spreadsheet of everybody who, well, hey, let's just talk about it. Here's what happens. So we're going to reinvent next week. We're going to get a spreadsheet with all the people that come by our booth and scan, you know, scan their badge at our booth. We're going to get a spreadsheet with that. That spreadsheet's going to get uploaded in uh, Salesforce. And then, you know, and then we're going to talk to those people, Right. And then we're probably going to track as we're going through the prospect or uh, potential customers. Um, We're going to be tracking that in Salesforce. So now that's somewhere else that it shows up. Right, exactly. And there there are um, third-party tools that work with Salesforce. Yeah. So it it basically gets propagated around. Now, what we're, I know, I know that internally, for example, we are working really hard. We do not, we no longer send spreadsheets around. Right. You know, the the actual because we want to minimize the number of places uh, given customers or not a customer, a prospect record is so the, the the data comes in as a spreadsheet and it immediately gets transferred to Salesforce and then everybody accesses it via Salesforce. There, we don't we're not passing spreadsheets around because that's a great way to have to create a GDPR uh, problem and GDPR nightmare. Exactly. But nightmare, the same <laughs> is not true of backup. So everywhere you have this data is getting backed up. Hopefully, everywhere you have this data is getting backed up. Hopefully, you're backing up Salesforce. And if you're not, we'd be happy to talk to you about that. And hopefully, you're backing up any other databases that you have that have marketing data. But my concern here is that it's one thing to go in and surgically alter a backup to remove a file. It is an entirely different concept to go in and surgically alter the contents of a file or the contents of a backup that contains 
a, a, a relational database. Oh, yeah, because even if you could figure out and remove from an Oracle data file, for instance, you're going to need to understand what that data file looks like. How do you surgically alter it? It probably has checksums and other information that will totally screw up the database if you just went in modified files directly. In addition, there are probably transaction logs, which also contain your information that Oracle stores before it gets committed in case you need to roll back and recover transactions as well. So even for an Oracle database, your information for that record may be in multiple places as well. You know, I'm glad you brought up transaction logs. I hadn't even thought of that, right? So exactly. That's why so, you keep me around. That is. That's why. Because you're so smart. <laughs> so that, yeah, that I hadn't even thought of that. So you're going to have it both in the database itself as well in the transaction log. You have to go find that, where in the transaction log that record was created. And then somehow surgically alter that without uh, without altering the refer referential integrity of that database backup. I, I just don't see how that's possible, right? Um, and so that's why I, I I still have a pretty strong stance of saying that I don't think that um, companies are going to, if, if you say to be GDPR compliant or CCPA compliant, you're going to have to delete all references of a given record even in the backups of that record, I don't know how anyone could ever be compliant. Yeah. And I think the critical piece isn't so much that your data sits in the backups, but when you restore it, it exists there as well. Wait, say that again. <laughs> so even if you left the backup data around and you said, okay, it's okay that backups are excluded from GDPR, you still have to solve the case that if I ever need to recover my data, what does it mean to GDPR and CCPA? And that is definitely, you know, that's definitely where I, I, I both agree with you, and I don't know what the what the solution to that problem is either. Oh yeah, I think I think the courts are going to have to decide on this. Yeah. To be honest, so to be honest, <laughs> um, the yeah. So how 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 do you? So let's just. Like you said, let's just say that backup is excluded. How do you track the people that you're supposed to forget, <laughs> right? Because if if you do say backups are excluded, which I don't know how you can't say that, and then you do a restore from said backups, you're going to restore data that you were that you've already deleted. So the yeah. How do you track people that aren't? Is this it, yeah, or maybe it's just one of those best effort things? Yeah, but it it well, I, I there there are you know based on what's happened in the um in the um the courts and the fines and things the with the GPR, they they definitely you definitely get points for good intentions, <laughs> right? Uh, and you get yes. And you get whatever the opposite of those are for, well, you clearly didn't even give a crap, right? Um, that that there's been other companies have been punished more severely or fined more severely because they didn't, you know, they clearly didn't care. Um, the the question is, this hasn't been tested in court, so we don't know where this would fall, right? If you if you had if you forgot somebody because they asked you to, and then it's you know, three months later and you restore a database, a copy of that database from before you forgot them. 
and then suddenly you start emailing them again? Yep. I would be annoyed, be annoyed. And and depending on the person, they might then file a GDPR. Well, no, Another. a GDPR yep. non-compliance uh, thing, which then mm. might kick off an investigation, which then revealed what happened. And then the question is, okay, now what? Right. And hopefully this will start to set standards on what should be done with backup. Yeah, I, I think. I think until you get to that challenge, you're not going to yeah, know, Yeah, right? so here is. And, and Do you know a European person by chance who might want to be testing this no, out? I don't. Yeah, I don't have anybody that's willing to. But all the, the EU people I've been talking to have been saying, oh, it's, backups are included, you know? Um done right i'm like okay how is that supposed to work how you know and 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 maybe we move forward 10 years and maybe there's a backup company that doesn't currently exist that designs backup from the very beginning to solve this problem i just i have no idea I, i don't know how they would do that because it's all the different data types, right? They get, they're going to have to solve this problem individually for Oracle, for Salesforce, for, you know, the, 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 I, think they, I think they have to store the data differently. Or maybe what it is, is that you have managed services like AWS, DynamoDB, et cetera, which builds those features into the database so you don't have this problem to start with. No, but, well, let's go back to AWS. AWS has backups, has snapshots. Well, they call them snapshots. I call them image copies. Yep. And those backups don't have these features built into it any more than regular backups do. Ah, but with AWS, because they own the restore process as well, they could potentially on recovery deal with these GDPR right. issues. But but the only way you can do it like that is you have to maintain a database uh, of the people that you were supposed to forget, <laughs> right? Which sounds oxymoronic but I, I i don't know yep. i don't know of a way to to you know another way to do that um at least given current backup technology and and this is for for anyone who's listening who thinks well sure. you know curtis is just saying this because he works for druva and they don't have they don't have a solution to this no one has a solution to this done even the company who says they have a solution to this, they absolutely don't. They have a solution for this in files. That's it. They're they're able to they're able to solve this problem for files. They do not have a solution for the relational database problem, which is where the real problem lies, in my opinion. Right. Um, mm-hmm. that's because that's where, where most yeah, of this data is going I, to be. I think anyway. it's where all the data is going to be. It's not going to be an unstructured data. It's going to be in structured data. And I just, yeah. So I don't think, it, it, to my knowledge, there are, there are no companies that have a solution to this problem, including the company who says they have a solution to this problem. <laughs> Can you think of anything else? We did talk about, I alluded to it, but this problem, I just wanted to mention, this problem also exists for snapshots. So if you're used in real snapshots, so if you're using a NetApp or anything that behaves like a NetApp and you're mounting that volume, and you're using that as your, let's say, Oracle database, and then you're taking snapshots, you're putting your Oracle database in backup mode, then taking a NetApp snapshot or whatever snapshot, and then taking Oracle out of backup mode, you're now making backups of, um, you know, 
or let me rephrase, you're making extra copies. You may or may not be making backups. You're making extra copies of um, your Oracle database. And those snapshots have the same problem that I'm talking about. There's no way to go in and surgically alter that snapshot unless you are willing to take the snapshot from, let's say, you know, take every snapshot since that person was put in your database, mount it, mount it, rewrite. Oh, good Lord. Open it as an Oracle <laughs> database, delete that person's record, then save that snapshot again. And then, and because that's what some people are sort of suggesting, but let's just take that to the ultimate conclusion. So what you've done is you've created a process that, that is now editing backups, which is, which defeats the point of backups. Which, crazy. Right? And I've said this before, but backups are designed yep. to remember, not to forget. And when you start, if you're going to go in and surgically alter backups and, and not just, take out, yeah, if not just taking out a file, but taking out a record within a file, A, the complexities go crazy and B, the chance of, of corrupting your backup uh, really goes way up. I don't, I don't have a good solution to this, no, but that makes sense. I, and and by the way, if if you're listening to this and you think I'm full of it, I would love to have you on the podcast. Cur As you can tell, Curtis is very passionate about uh, this topic. I I just want us to talk about this topic. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so please make sure to DM him, mm -hmm. or you don't want him to send to you on Maliandi. I want him to do that. DM me as well, and I want to see if they can spell it right. <laughs> It took me. It took me a couple of tries when I first when I was typing it out when I when I started editing the podcast. I had to type your your last name out. I I got, I got it. I got it wrong a few times. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I don't have any good solutions here. I, I just I just want us to talk about this because I don't think we are, and I think some people, even smart people, are, are suggesting. Well, yeah, we should just solve this. It's like. How how do you do that? My best uh, recommendation is that backups have to be excluded from this rule, but you need a process for, for remembering who you're supposed to forget. And and when you have that rare situation where you do do a restore, because we don't restore very often, when you go to restore your Salesforce database or your CRM database, you know, because it, this data should only be in a couple of places, right? When you're going to restore that data, there should be a process in place yep. that has a super secret list of identifying information that is kept only for that purpose and accessed by a very few people of the people that you're supposed to forget. My personal opinion, I think that's honoring the spirit of what this is here. Maybe you could say it's not honoring the spirit. I, I don't know, mm -hmm. but that's my opinion. But I think we've talked about the right to be forgotten enough. What do you think? I think so too. And I'm guessing we will keep an eye out for oh, yeah. things in the press with people challenging this and seeing what people do around backups. Oh yeah, I will definitely. And I, I, I wish that, I wish the commission would make a, a ruling, but you know, when uh, Chris Meller wrote, wrote about this uh, when it first came out, when GDPR first came out, he, he reached out to commission based on some comments that I had made. And uh, the commission said that they were going to issue some guidance. They have issued no guidance and it's over a year since they said they were going to issue guidance. So, but now we got CCPA, uh, we'll, we'll see. And, and, and I've been, I've been reading up on CCPA and I see nothing similar there either. So it's complicated. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm glad we could just stir up that pot, not solve any of it and yes, then just throw it back at people. Good times. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Make sure to subscribe so that you can restore it all.
It'll be completely done Maybe one day it 